What is up, fellow thermonuclear AFers? I am Damp Valley, coming at you without my certified fantabulous co-host, Mr. Grant Hughes. Something happened in the NBA today. There was a there was a Kyrie Irving trade of some sort because there's just never a freaking break in this um in this league. Uh, so much for that quiet trade deadline that everyone was warning us about. That invariably happens every single freaking year where they tell us that nothing's going to go down or that this could really um, suck or be boring only for everything to go nuclear. Last year it was with kind of James Harden, and now it's with Kyrie Irving, his last second trade request. So he is headed to the Dallas Mavericks in exchange for the Mavericks sending out a uh, setting out Dorian Finney-Smith, Spencer Dinwiddie, an unprotected 2029 first round pick and second round picks in 2027 and 2029. The Nets are sending the Mavericks in return, Markeith Morris and Kyrie Irving. Wow. Uh, This is not surprising in the sense of where Kyrie Irving landed. I think everyone kind of assumed it was going to be the Lakers or the Mavericks. And then the reporting that the Clippers might've been in on him too. That was kind of another team you could envision maybe possibly rolling the dice on him. Although it would have seemed wildly, out of character uh, to me to to have seen him um, end up in L.A. and just like what, what the Clippers have done. So that would have been like a little bit, but that would have shocked me a little bit if it actually uh, if it actually happened. But anyway, um, so the Mavericks gave up not a lot in the grand scheme of things. But yes, Chase Summers commenting yeah, the Nuggets are still favorites in the West. Yeah, this does nothing to this doesn't move the needle for me, but the Mavericks gave up a lot here. Um, knowing what Kyrie Irving's value had become, when you look at his on-court fit, there's not going to be an issue. Um, so you lose Spencer Dinwiddie, you lose Dorian Finney-Smith. Um, those are guys that were big parts of your team. Spencer Dinwiddie has decided to shoot like 1 trillion percent on uh, three-pointers and thriving in Dallas, and he was instrumental in what they were doing. You also didn't deepen your shot. You 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 deepened your talent and like top end talent of shot creation, but like you're still kind of going from um, Wood, a healthy Wood and Dinwiddie and Luca to now it's still Kyrie, Dinwiddie and Luca. And so you're still going to be hard up a little bit for that. This does probably make the non Luca minutes more palatable. I don't think you need to um, worry about there being only one basketball here. We've now seen Kyrie Irving work in an offense that had LeBron James. We've seen him work in an offense that had both Kevin Durant and James Harden at the same time, even though they were seldom available. He only played 74 games with Kevin Durant for his career in Brooklyn. So not a huge sample size, but we've seen Kyrie Irving um, work with ball dominant stars before. No one probably is ball dominant as Luca. I guess prime LeBron comes close, but like Luca has taken the heliocentrism model to a whole different level in part because that's what the Mavericks needed. So I think the adjustment is actually going to be more difficult if insofar as it becomes difficult for Luca, you're not necessarily going to be taking the ball out of his hands like a shit ton, but he is going to have to adapt. And Kyrie is just, um, Kyrie is just more used to, to doing this as my, my work slack goes off during all of this. Um, so I, I, there's going to be an adjustment, but I think it winds up working a little bit, uh, not a little bit. I think the offensive fit ends up being just perfectly fine for these two. Uh, you're going to miss uh, Dorian Finney-Smith's defense. I don't know what this defense ends up looking like, where now your best defender on this roster is just off the cuff. Well, it's Frank Nilakina. Let's just be let's just be honest right there. But it's Reggie Bullock is now your most important defender. Uh, I'm not going to say he's your best defender, but like Maxi Kleba um, would actually probably be my pick 
a healthy Maxi Kleba is a better defender than Reggie Bullock. Yes, that's not spicy. Christian Wood's been better this year. I just don't think he's in that conversation. I don't know what the defense is going to look like. And the, the Mavs defense was always kind of – was not always. was already kind of iffy this season after outperforming their talent level last season, I would say. And um, I, I that's going to matter, especially come playoff time. I think the other thing – that you have to look at here. And I already see people twisting themselves into a pretzel to kind of defend this. You have to see what this means over the off season for Kyrie's next deal. He's eligible for a two year extension now that he is not going to sign. He's going to wind up needing to wait until, um, uh, until this summer, because that's when he's going to like have the opportunity to make the most money. He wants a longer term deal. I'm assuming that's where things fell apart with Brooklyn. And so he's not going to sign an extension now. So you, you've given yourself some like, leeway uh in the sense that okay if Kyrie Irving does not work out you can have near max cap space this summer it still costs you a 2029 first round pick which is just that's dangerous unprotected in 2029 we're talking about a pick that post dates Luca's current contract that's not nothing to give up you can look at it as okay they acquired a top 25 or 30 guy without with only giving up one first round pick and then two role player types which in a vacuum is a win but what gets me to my concern with this trade and why I wouldn't have done it is we now have three teams, three teams worth of evidence that if Kyrie Irving, that we have three teams worth of evidence that no matter how well it works out on the court, it's not going to work out overall. Like this is going to fail. What about Kyrie's past situations, the way he left Cleveland, the way he left Boston, the way things ended and transpired in Brooklyn. What about this makes anyone think that it's going to end well? Maybe the whole middle part is awesome to borrow that uh, phrase from new girl where they know the whole middle part's going to be awesome, but it's not going to end well. There's no guarantee that that happens either. This is someone who Kyrie's played in fewer games since 2019 and Christoph's Porzingis. You can twist yourself into a pretzel saying, well, that was kind of by choice. And with the whole COVID vaccine related absences and then going MIA for a little bit. And then, you know, the anti-Semitic propaganda, um, him being suspended for that. That's more, that's all more problematic than if he was just straight injured this entire time. This is a risk on the Mavericks part. I don't necessarily see anyone framing it as a non-risk, but everyone who thinks that Kyrie is just going to elevate the Mavericks into this different level of contender long-term I think needs to go back and just look at how his past 10 years have ended with teams that were really good, including a title team or in Cleveland. So we have three teams now worth of evidence that regardless of how well things look on the court, that they're not going to end well with Kyrie Irving. So that's why I don't buy into this. Now the Mavs did consult Luca per Mark Stein with this trade. So you assume he's on board with it. That's important. Like that absolutely matters. It's also not going to fucking matter when two, three years down the line, this all goes to shit and um, Luke is going to be requesting a trade. That would be my gut feeling right now. It has nothing to do with the basketball fit between these two. They will work it out. Maybe it doesn't look great this season because they're not going to have a training camp to go through together. They're not going to have a ton of practice time together. At the same time, like they can go your turn, my turn with this stuff and it's going to work out. The Maz offense will be um, thermonuclear AF and if once they get to the playoffs, I would envision, yeah, they have a really dangerous playoff team. The other important context here, and I do have my phone near me just in case anything else does happen, is like this isn't um, doesn't have to be it. Like there are other moves that they could technically make. They could still technically trade more imminent first round picks. Um, so like in 2025, 2007, 2027, they really wanted to get crazy here. Uh, I don't think I, I should say I don't think they will, but 
I didn't think that Kyrie Irving was going to request. Like I thought he was just kind of on his best behavior. was going to try and get paid this summer from the Nets. If you had asked me like two weeks ago, what was going to happen with the Nets this year, I would have guessed that Kyrie Irving was still on the team next season. I probably wouldn't have guessed that Kevin Durant was still on the team next season though. So we will get to that. So overall on the, the Mavericks fit, I guess I appreciate the swing because you want to get a co-star for Luka Doncic. And we have Brandon Thomas in the chat saying the Kajoans on Mark Cuban though. Yeah, sure. Um, but that, you know, just because you make a gutsy swing, I, I doesn't necessarily make it smart. Maybe I'll be proven wrong, but that's a really big asset to give up a unprotected 2029 first round pick for a player that has submarined, um, the culture of basically every team that he's been on and like on his way out, at least, even if things started off really well. So you are taking a huge risk here. And I would not have made the trade if I was Dallas. I don't know if another star would have become available this year. I, you know, uh, in the summer, my guess is that, yeah, it probably, probably would have. And then you would have had more picks to offer. You could have made this same package really. So like, I don't, you know, I, I get it, but, um, I wouldn't have made it is my point. I'm not going to say it won't work out on the basketball court in the short term. My gut feeling is that it's going to implode over the long term. And, you know, if you have questions in the chat, you could throw them in there. I'll get to them when we kind of go through the fallout for all these teams immediately from the Nets perspective, we have Ben uh, Chase Summers, excuse me, is Ben Simmons a top five Nets player at this moment? I mean, you want me to be honest? Probably not. Like, I'm just like I, I'm trying to think. So you have KD, a healthy KD. Like, and who else is on that roster has been better than than Ben Simmons this year? Nick Claxton for sure is their second best player right now. You're probably gonna throw Dorian Finney-Smith and Spencer Dinwiddie above him right now. And it's like, okay, well, would you prefer Royce O'Neal at that point? Like, is it a healthy Seth Curry or Joe Harris? They both had their up and downs. Joe Harris specifically has had their up and downs. So. Ben Simmons is a top five Nets player, but the fact that I needed to think about that chase is such a weird question. Um, so immediately though, looking at the return that the Nets get here. So the first round pick is just a win. So now you've kind of stockpiled some, you have some distant first round picks now. I'm not saying you're going to trade them, but the return is clearly geared towards remaining competitive in the interim where you have Spencer Dinwiddie and Dorian Finney-Smith. As far as we know, they're, they haven't, they're not in the, you know, on the verge of trading for other guys. So you're clearly looking to, um, remain competitive around KD and go to him and say, okay, like, look, this is the roster we have. It's going to work. We can make it work. Like we can build a contender around you. I don't know if they're still a contender with a healthy KD. I do know that KD was playing out of his mind before he got injured. And there are still cards that they could technically play. Like, I wonder, is this a precursor to a Ben Simmons deal? You're not getting value for Ben Simmons right now. I, I guess the best you could probably hope for is like, do we get expirings back? So this return in a vacuum, I don't think it's enough to convince Kevin Durant that you're a contender on paper. If you're content, and we have this report from Bleacher Report's Chris Haynes that the Suns will be interested in Kevin Durant should he become available, they can get in line with, I guess, 27 other teams because Dallas can't really go after him right now. I don't want to say I'll, I'll be surprised because I've covered this league long enough to know that it could happen, but I would be like fairly surprised if Kevin Durant gets moved midseason. That just still feels like a trade Um that would need to come together awfully quickly. And I guess they have a baseline for what they could get for him because of what happened over the off season and all those dalliances, however authentic that they actually were. That being said, it just feels like it would need to come together awfully quickly. We don't even necessarily have like a timeline for Kevin Durant's return just yet from his uh, MCL injury. And so I don't know if that complicates it at all, uh, but teams have clearly saved their ammo. And regardless of if Kevin Durant gets moved now, you think a team like the Suns is going to go out and make a big move at the deadline if they want to save their powder for what they think is going to be a Kevin Durant trade in the offseason? You think Miami is going to do anything now? 
this puts teams at a standstill. And even if you're a team like the Raptors, uh, who everyone thinks is going to sell, and I'm not saying they won't, but like you were kind of in on the Kevin Durant stuff. And if you just don't give a fuck whether you're on his list or not, and you think, all right, we're, we're one Kevin Durant. I mean, everyone's one Kevin Durant away from contending. Do you kind of now wait it out in the offseason? And say, like, hey, maybe we could make a trade for him here too. Uh, the New Orleans Pelicans, I don't know if they were going to make a big trade to begin with, but they're definitely now, I think, okay, maybe they'll trade Jackson Hayes and Devontae Graham and like a heavily protected first, or would they even consider trading a Najee Marshall at this point? Like all their main assets, and I don't, I would not have predicted that they, you know, trade Dyson Daniels. Uh, I might have traded Herb Jones. He's going to go into the final year of his contract next year, and I've not been too high on him this season, but I think it's less likely they make any sort of a bigger move now. And that's going to be interesting or intriguing to see how does that impact the trade market because of this just Kevin Durant bugaboo floating around out there, which I think like that's kind of been hovering around the league to begin with. And but but it just seemed like, oh, the Nets were playing so well. They'd won 18 to 20, I think, before he was injured or whatever it was. And I, the consensus was just like, oh, like maybe this has died down. It'll, it'll all creep back up over the summer. And now you have to wonder, okay, is it, is it going to creep out like sooner than that? And I, I still think too much would need to come together here for the Nets to actually trade KD, you know, within the next We're on February 5th, the trade deadline is February 9th. Um, that would, so it'd still be fairly surprising if uh, KD is, you know, traded now to me. Um, from the other, and we'll continue to talk about these teams, just trying to get through all of them at the beginning very quickly too. So if you have questions, throw them in the chat. I promise I'll get to them. I might even let Grant know because I saw that he's active on Twitter, which, uh, never, never happened. But, um, so I'm going to text him while I'm saying this to see if he wants to join. Um, anyway, for the other teams involved in this, that I think the bigger stakeholders, it's the Lakers who, um, they their package was always didn't make sense to me if the nets were looking to contend it's the russ um and two picks package and there was reports saying that they're only willing to give up one pick uh but you know if you could have gotten kyrie irving for that you give up both picks and like lebron clearly wanted him them not doing this deal i just wonder if that agitates lebron at all but they might have actually never been in it maybe they had both first round picks on the table but if the nets were looking to compete now Russell Westbrook and two first doesn't do anything for you. Now, could you have rallied other teams in there? I had sort of bandied about a three team scenario where, okay, if you sent those two picks to Toronto, like would they have sent Fred Van Vliet to Brooklyn and then they take on Russ's it's expiring. And people get mad whenever I suggest a Russell Westbrook trade, not, not everybody, but I understand that not all fans have to think like this when you're trading for Russell Westbrook, it's not, oh, why do the Raptors need Russell Westbrook? They don't. Like, teams are not trading for guys on expiring contracts all the time to keep them. It's just to make the money work, and then he comes off the books. So I bandied about, like, that type of scenario. If the Raptors really were interested in selling, could you build something there? Um, could they they'll make it a mega trade and rally in a fourth team? But that would have been the Lakers' pathway to trading for Kyrie Irving. And so in the grand scheme, I think that they could have put their best package on the table and the Nets might not have accepted it anyway. And so that le- at least would have saved face with LeBron. But that's just like, that was their last ditch effort to save this season. Short of Zach Levine or Bradley Bielna coming out and saying, I want to be traded and I want to be traded to the Lakers. Uh, I do not see like a pathway to where the, the Lakers can, like, yeah, maybe they can come out of the play-in or at least crack the play-in, but they don't seem like a, even with a healthy LeBron and AD, I don't really know how you make a, you know, a real postseason irritant out of them. 
Um, so let's get to some questions in the chat. This is from Brandon. Is it safe to assume that it's only a matter of time before KD walks as well? Does that mean the Houston Rockets with their Nets picks are sitting extra pretty with the sugar on top now? So I will answer these questions, but this brings me to something that I had brought up in a few weeks ago when we were talking about the James Harden to Houston scenarios over the offseason, which I don't think are especially likely, but everyone was wondering why would Houston ever bring back Harden when you look at where they're at in their timeline and you, you make, you bring back Harden to Houston because he's coming with another star. And so I had just casually proposed that maybe Kevin Durant wants out of Brooklyn again at that point, And the Rockets would have the ammo to go and acquire him. And so I think that is a scenario that's like kind of on the table. If, if things flame out in Philly this year, they're playing so well lately, you can't envision it, but that would just be something to keep in um, the back of your minds for this. But anyway, to Brandon's actual question, is it safe to assume that it's only a matter of time before Katie walks as well? Yes. I just, I can't imagine the Nets being able to sell him on this team as a contender long-term. If he comes back and they play out this season, they go deep in the playoffs and they say, Hey, like we have some picks, we have some salary matching tools that we can go out and maybe we can get involved on the next star that's acquired is, you know, could they go, could they right now, let's ask this question. Could they right now go out and trade for Fred Van Vliet? I don't know. Like, I don't think Toronto's going to want to take on Ben Simmons's money in that package. And then what are you pairing with him? You do have distant first round picks. Uh, do you have like immediate assets? The Raptors would be interested in. Maybe they'd be kind of intrigued by Cam Thomas, but he's on the, who's just coming off like a bonkers performance against the wizards. Um, so, but maybe over the off season, like when you open up different first round picks and swaps that you could trade, um, maybe they can convince KD on that. But I think what would be mission critical, if you think that KD is going to, Let's frame it this way. It's only a matter of Katie's not finishing his contract in Brooklyn. I think anyone could have predicted that. Like he's not, you know, the three guaranteed years left on this. He's not going to finish it in Brooklyn. But if we're trying to bet whether he's going to be on the nets for next season, what becomes mission critical to that is him coming back, them going through the playoffs this year and being incredibly, incredibly dangerous and competitive and making a semi deep run, winning at least one series flat out and then them being able to go to him and say like look we may we might be able to trade for another star or we might be able to um you know maybe we just have enough role players here between dorian finney smith between spencer dinwiddie between royce o'neill who's had a good year for them maybe they consider bringing seth curry back joe harris's play could pick up they have nick claxton they could say hey we're gonna go out and get a big at some point too um maybe again maybe they're able to trade ben simmons for something if they're pairing it with picks so um, that would be the pathway to keeping KD. My guess would be that if I do bet right now, I do not think Kevin Durant is in Brooklyn to start next season. I would probably bet on him finishing the season in Brooklyn just because we have four days for this all to come together. But even that's not guaranteed at this point. Um, the other part, sorry, of Brandon's question, uh, are they, does that mean the Houston Rockets are sitting pretty with their Nets picks right now? Uh, yeah, I mean, they look, they were sitting pretty from the moment that James Harden trade went up in smoke for them. Uh, and when it became clear that Kyrie Irving was going to submarine the culture and the competitive ceiling of this team, they have to have been feeling incredible. They probably felt really good about that trade in the moment because look at what happened with Ben Simmons in Philly. And then they had to be feeling good. Look at what happened with Ben Simmons now, and what he's looked like in, in Brooklyn. And so you look at this, they own the Nets 2024 first round pick um, outright. They there's swaps involved in 2025, but they have the Nets 2026 first round pick as well. And then they have their swap in 2027. So yeah, they have to be feeling pretty good right now. Like those are at least, I would say, even if, um, even if the nets end up keeping KD, like 
through next season, like you still have two very, like one pick outright in 26 and one swap at minimum that becomes super valuable. So yes, Houston sitting pretty with those as trade assets. Let's see if they can put together any sort of, you know, they have a lot of talent on their roster, but the vision there is just fairly incoherent. Uh, Brandon had also added, I don't know if Dallas was threatening to be Western conference finals champs even before this trade. They weren't, I mean, like you have Lucas, if you get in a playoff series, you could see it. And there've been injuries cropping up. Steph looks like he's going to miss a ton of time. I don't know if anyone saw that injury release and I haven't had time to, I saw Jeff Stotts was going to be working on something. Who's always just on top of these, um, injuries, uh, and does it like a great job. Like I, it sounds really, really bad. And so like, it just feels like he's going to miss a crap ton of time. So, like stuff crops up and they could have made a run. They have Luca and Luca in the playoff series gives you a chance. That being said, like, you know, I, this doesn't move the needle for me immediately for them. I don't know what the defense ends up looking like. They might not be done making moves, but I'm, I don't have a problem with any of the fit offensively. It's going to work. Maybe it doesn't look pretty. Maybe it's not smooth right away. Just because like I said, at the top of the, the podcast, they don't have, um, training camp or a ton of practice time to get acclimated to one another, but it's just basketball. And we're talking about both guys who like to operate on the ball in their hands, create shit out of nothing, create stuff out of nothing. Don't really know why to say shit in that um, spot. So that'll be fine. I just question what it's going to look like on defense. I don't think it's going to be pretty. So, but there could be other moves made there. And I just, you look at the top of the West, the fact that it's so wide open probably helps. Um, the Nuggets are in a tier of their own. And so we have trade day 247, Nuggets, Mavs, Western Conference Finals. I won't rule it out. I will say this doesn't make me feel like it's any more likely than it was before. Just because, yes, you're getting an upgrade in Kyrie, but like, yeah, yeah, I just, the defense, it would be my question with the defense. And like, now you're like really reliant on Maxi Kleba getting and staying healthy and then Reggie Bullock as well, like failing other moves. And maybe you're able to flip, flip Christian Wood for uh, defensive help. So I wouldn't predict this. I would probably say at this point, if I had to pick a second, um, I, th- I think it's the nuggets are my title pick. And I'm not, I haven't seen anything that's going to make me back off that just yet, even though I have concerns about their roster. But if I had to pick like the team that's going to be in the conference finals at this point, like I might go with Phoenix or the Clippers, just the Suns are starting to ramp up. Devin Booker's coming back. So I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to say Suns nuggets in the Western conference finals right now. Does anybody care that I just said that you can let me know in the chat that I just snuck in that little, um, little prediction. The this is a good point from Chase. The Mavs let Brunson walk and had to give up valuable assets to replace him with a guy four years older. So yeah, look, Kyrie Irving's better than Jalen Brunson. But like, here's the scenario: Would you rather have had Jalen Brunson on the extension you could have signed him to, which is like four years and fifty six million, um, spent, and then you could have still had Spencer Dinwiddie and Luca and Dorian Finney Smith and your pick. Or would you rather have Luca and Kyrie on whatever his next deal looks like? The other question would be, would you rather have Jalen Brunson on his current deal that he got from the Knicks? Or even if you were to pay more for him, let's say they gave him, let's just say they went 30 million. Would you rather have Jalen Brunson at four years and 120 million with Dorian Finney-Smith, your 2029 first, and Spencer Didwitty? Or would you rather have Kyrie Irving going into free agency this year? That's I don't even think that that's like kind of a question. Like I don't even, I, I, um, so Grant is going to come on. Um, I'm going to email him the link. So if it looks like I'm distracted for a minute, uh, for stream yard, I'm sorry, I'm typing, but this is going to be good because now I don't have to talk, um, talk by myself. So please bear with me as I try to do like the weirdest multitasking, but that's not a question. And I'm going to ask that. That's going to be one of the first things I ask, um, to Grant is, 
like, would you rather have like, let's even price, let's price Jalen Brunson up. Like what would it have taken to, uh, to ensure that Brunson wanted to come back? Cause it was clear that he didn't want to, um, that much became clear by the time that he left in free agency, but probably because the Mavs botched it in the first place. Um, so would you rather have, let me, I'm just going to say one more time, Jalen Brunson at four years and 120, let's say if that would have kept him Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney Smith and your 2029 pick. Uh, and I mean, Luka Doncic is still there. It's like, would you just rather have those or Kyrie Irving on whatever's going to happen to free agency? I just don't see it as even like a little bit of a, um, a little bit of a question here. Allen says, thank goodness Irving didn't get traded to the Lakers. He's only playing in 150 games during the last four seasons and how many rings just chaos. No, thanks. Um, I guess I don't disagree with you, Alan. I'm, I guess I'm not too sure what you're saying here. I don't think like, oh, I get what you're saying. Yeah, he's, he didn't give them. If you're a Lakers fan, that's an interesting question. If you're a Lakers fan, should you be relieved? And the answer is probably no, because they're like the one team that is so short term enough that I could see it. But if you didn't want Kyrie and you're a Lakers fan, Alan, um, which I do know that you are now that I see the last name here, more power to you, because I don't think that that would have ended well either. And I don't he, I don't think he made you a championship team. Uh, you would have needed to do other stuff on the margins over the offseason. Now, because you've done other moves, now you get to keep Kyrie and Rui. You don't have to worry about getting cap space. Kyrie could still, let's just, the other thing here is like he could still leave Dallas. I know he has the working relationship with Nico Harrison and, and him and Jason Kidd are apparently um, super chill. But like, uh, but like, he could still leave. Are we really going to put it? You, this is the same guy that said like, oh, I can't wait to have my jersey retired in Boston. I want to stay here. And um oh grant is here so i get to stop talking oh my god who's excited two people how are you feeling uh so i'm a little i i texted you on the side i just got back from a like a little mini trip and i opened twitter and because i wasn't checking my phone and here we are so some shit happened yeah, Marquise Morris got traded. Can you believe it? <laughs> I also think there was a second rounder that Dallas sent to uh, to the Nets for some reason. I was so, I was so flustered. I tried to think about this trade for like forty minutes before I went live, and I was like, "Am I going to text Grant?" I was like, "No, it's the weekend." Like he would text me if he wanted to pod, and you sure enough, you did text me. <laughs> well, um, and when I started, I couldn't still wrap my head around it. And then when I went on, I left out like half the trade package. I was like, the Mavericks got Kyrie for Dwayne Finney Smith and a pick. And I was like, oh yeah. And Spencer Dinwiddie and a second and a trick on my brain is still kind of it's because it's, and we've heard enough for me. So I want to throw it to you, but like, well, it's one of the two teams that you expected him to go to. Right. But it's still just sort of like the Mavs or the Lakers was really what I had there, but it's still yeah. sort of like what Lonnie says in the chat. Is this real? Like that's well, what <laughs> oh it's real uh no i so this is this is gonna be good so i i don't know what you think about this um my initial thought and i tweeted about it a little bit was just that it sure seems to me like the mavs got it wrong um and like i don't know which angle i'm unpacking this which angle i want to hit that from first but i'm just unpacking this as i think about it but just start with one it's Kyrie. So the commitment you're making to him, just, you can't reasonably expect it to last more than like a good few months. Right. Like, and so that ties into what they gave up, which, you know, Dorian Finney-Smith, Spencer Dinwiddie, uh, unprotected first. Is that right? 2029. Just an unprotected 2029 first. Who knows? I mean, we talk all the time about what's the value of those distant picks, but the keywords unprotected. So yes, Brandon Thomas, it does smell like desperation from Dallas. And so the other thing is, 
consider the stakes, right? If if and when this goes bad, it may very well cost them Luca because they've just spent a significant amount of capital, what little they had. They could have waited till this offseason. We've talked before about how like the timing to add that second star just doesn't seem to be right now. And if this is the guy you pick for your second star, talent unquestionable, like no doubt, but just like you're going to commit to this, this is it, this is the plan. Like how is this any safer than trying it with Porzingis? Or how is this any safer than didn't like I just I don't know. I the more I talk about it, the more I'm like I think the Mavs, there's no question this is a massive gamble for the Mavs. I think it's just way too big a one. And from the Nets side, like, how the, how did they have the leverage to get all this? The like, 2029 pick is like, that alone is, I, I'm shocked. They, and to your point, and I mentioned this is going to be repetitive for anyone who's been listening the entire time. We now have three teams worth of evidence that no matter how good it looks for however long, this is going to end poorly. And most of the time, it's not going to include a title. He has the one title in Cleveland, which doesn't happen if he's not playing with the greatest player of all time. Right. And making one of the, and he made one of the biggest shots of all time. The Cavs made one of the biggest comebacks of all time. But um, Spencer didn't. Ryan Johnson, Spencer didn't. He's my favorite player. Uh, hey, if you're a Nets fan, it's good. Hey, I, I don't. But I'm, I'm with you in the sense that I don't know how they had the leverage to do this. And to break it down from the Mavs perspective, though, this is the question I told everyone I was going to pose to you as soon as you jumped on. And I'm inflating his number, but yep. they could have signed Jalen Brunson at some point oh. to a four year, 56 million extension. I'm going to inflate his number and say, would you rather have Jalen Brunson at four years and 120 Dorian Finney Smith, Spencer Dinwiddie and your picks or Kyrie Irving? It's like, you can start picking off pieces of that. And I'm still going to pick not Kyrie Irving. Like you can say it, you can just, is it just Brunson at the four for one twenty? Certainly I'd rather have Brunson at four for 55 or whatever it could have been. Had You would definitely rather have him at his number for the Knicks for one Oh nine, whatever that is. Like yes, that, that's, that's pretty think, one of the best deals in the league at this point. <laughs> I think I would rather have, if you could, if you said Dinwit or sorry, there's too many names floating around Brunson at four for one twenty, just whatever that is four for one twenty and Finney Smith. Full stop. I would rather have those two guys on their current contracts than Kyrie Irving on whatever I'm going to have to pay him to keep him. And just it, because, it, like, and you, know, you you can't trust that this is going to go well for long enough for it to matter. It just the track record is what it is. I mean, it just I don't understand it. And that's why, because I think when you look at the volume in a vacuum of what it could be on the court, and I think it'll be people can do play the one basketball thing. We just well, I mean, they play like eight games together, but Kyrie, James Harden, and Kevin Durant work. Kyrie right. and Luca will be fine. I don't know if it looks great right away because they don't have a training camp or whatever, but they'll go your turn, my turn, and it'll look fine. This doesn't have anything to do. I mean, I don't know what the Mavs. Who's the Mavs' best defender right now? It's Kleba, and then I guess Bullock. Josh okay. Green. Oh yeah, good, good call. Kleba, probably a healthy Kleba. That, that's the that's the right answer. So I don't know what the defense looks like, but like this is almost purely in terms of because you don't think it's going to last. And who's to say, by the way, like I was talking about before you hopped on what this means, like is LeBron agitated? And I think as long as the Lakers put their best offer on the table, it saves them face. Cause the nets, this to me tells me that they want to compete still like that. They accepted yeah. the package with um, Dorian Finney Smith and Spencer Dinwiddie. So like, I think that inoculates the Lakers against that, but I don't even know where I was going with this point. What were we talking about? I think it's something about Kyrie. <laughs> but you, oh, we just know it's going to, the, the assumption has to be it's end, ends poorly. I don't think that you get to just like say, oh, like they have Kyrie now. It's going to be, oh, here it is. What's stopping him from leaving in the summer? Nothing. Nothing. They could, they could offer him the deal. He's like, everyone thinks he wants the four year max or five year max, but he could just, 
what about his track record? Like he could just leave and go to the Lakers for $30 million a year. So can I make, I don't believe this, but I, can I make the charitable, the like most favorable framing of this for Dallas is everyone has given a shit forever because we have Luca carrying this insane load and he wears down and we need someone to share, to, you know, to be the innings eater, to, to take the ball out of his hands, to do all this stuff so that he doesn't fade in fourth quarters. He doesn't fade in April. He doesn't fade at the end of a playoff series. And Kyrie could be that guy to do that. He's that type of player. Like he can run the offense. That's the best way to frame this. I actually just don't think that that's like, that that actually is really true or will help. Like it don't, I don't think to me, more players like Finney Smith and Dinwiddie, who's like a, can handle the offense himself. Like that was a better route to go. And your second star just needs to be like something other than, than a guy like Kyrie who just is going to, you know, make the nets three and seven or four and seven or whatever they were without Durant. Like, and then flip it to the other side is Brooklyn just better with, with Dinwiddie and Finney Smith. Like, are they always going to go off for 40? Well, (laughs) now there's more opportunity for that. I don't know. I mean, it just having adding Finney Smith, I know he hasn't been as good this year in the, as in the past handful because the shots not falling, but adding a defender like that, I mean, one, just like the, some of the defensive lineups they can put out there now, if they can get Finney Smith, Durant, Ben Simmons and Claxton on the floor together. I don't know if they intend to do that. I don't know if that's viable over long stretches, but Holy shit. Like that's, that's some length. That's some, I mean, I don't know. It's hard for me to get past the idea. I'm probably skewing too negative just because my emotional reaction is Kyrie is not someone you should trade for, let alone give up all this stuff for. But to me, it feels like the Nets are just maybe a better team. You know, I I don't know. They might be more balanced because they did. I mean, because you have Kevin, like who are your shot creators now after that? Because Ben Simmons isn't that anymore. He's not like barely, he's, I guess he's still a table setter for others. So they're missing that, but you do have, Patty Mills, I guess if he starts to play better or Cam Thomas, like that's, they feel like they, they're off. Like, what do they look like now without Kevin Durant? I mean, they had to come from behind victory against the, the wizards. Does this make it any easier on Ben Simmons? Because the ball has to go in his hands more. I know a lot of people are sort of throwing out, well, is this more likely that Ben Simmons gets traded? Uh, I honestly don't know. Um, What I do think is interesting. And I don't know if they could have gotten like the Lakers, Pat, like even if the Lakers, I don't know if they would have went two picks and two spots for Kyrie, but if you were thinking that Kevin Durant was on his way out, is this still the trade that you make? Maybe, I guess, because you're still getting solid players. And look, there's other stuff they could do with the trade deadline as well. Like yeah. they still, they're still skewing like kind of, I want to say guard heavy, but like small, like between having just smaller guys like Seth Curry, Joe Harris, Royce O'Neal, Cam Thomas, like all those six, four Patty Mills type guys, they could still like try and move those for a big, um, but like Dorian Finney-Smith and Spencer Dinwiddie, who's like this big, oh, I'm forgetting about him. It's like he's decided to shoot like a trillion percent from three in Dallas. If that keeps up, then there's your answer. So yeah, there's a chance that they just might be better balanced. And what I was talking about too before, and I'm interested to know what you think. I think the assumption is, and I would probably bet if I had to, I would bet against Kevin Durant being in Brooklyn next season. That being said, the pathway to him being in Brooklyn next season is what they just did by saying, this is the return we're accepting. You come back and get healthy. Let's try and make a deep playoff push with these guys. Yeah. And I don't think if Kevin Durant's healthy, that's not out of the question. No, it's not. I think I think the Durant aspect of this is like a whole other level of of speculative and complicated and stuff. Cause I don't it's hard to know what he would think about this. Because on the one hand, like 
you know, all along him and Kyrie were a package deal and, and they seem to have sort of, you know, going back to the off season, you know, one essentially agitates to leave and so does the other. So that maybe, maybe this isn't, maybe Durant is just like, well, if Kyrie's gone, you guys didn't make, you know, the full four for 200 offer or whatever. Uh, he's my guy. I'm pissed off. I'm going to ask for a trade now. I haven't checked Twitter in 30 seconds, but that hasn't happened yet. Um, <laughs> but on the other hand, just as like, if I'm him, I'm looking at this as, so we got rid of the guy that might not have been back, probably wasn't going to be back anyway. So we're going to lose Kyrie for nothing next year. And we got an ace, you know, four position defender who has a track record of making a bunch of threes in the playoffs. And we got another on ball playmaker who like is not Kyrie, but man, he, what is he? 85% of Kyrie I'm talking about Dinwiddie, like he's pretty close. He does a lot of the same stuff. Um, and he doesn't agitate to, you know, he doesn't disappear for weeks at a time and he doesn't, like, <laughs> I mean, if I'm Durant, I'm just looking at this as like, well, well, one, I'm now not going to go into this summer thinking we're going to lose our second best player and have nothing to show for it. Assuming Kyrie just would not have been back at all. So, so I don't know how Durant would feel about this. I think Durant should feel like this is a better, more stable situation. This is, I don't feel bad for him because it was when we were having the MVP discussion with him. It's like, you know, can you win MVP for putting out your own fire type deal? But he's like, is there, and I, we don't know about there. They're clearly like, Kyrie and him have to be really good friends for him to put up with this shit for someone. But like, there has to be a part of him that's just like relieved. Like, thank fucking God this is over. Yeah. And, and maybe not because the whole Ben Simmons specter still looms over the franchise. But I like, there has to just be a part of him that's like, I'm just so like, Steve Nash is gone. Kyrie's gone. Jay Martin's gone at this point. Um, but I still, I, we need to see how it plays out, but it would not shock me if like the trade demand gets recycled. I know I'm sure you saw Bleacher Report, our colleague, I guess now Chris Haynes saying the Suns would be interested in Kevin Durant if his trade request reboots, and it's like, well, you better get in line, right? Um, but I well, will Mikhail say, Bridges tweeted, uh oh, I don't know if you saw that. Who tweeted, uh oh, Mikhail Bridges? Oh, well, if they trade, oh, I'll be livid. He's been so well. Look, so the two things, and also I don't, there's if you want me to break your brain, by the way, as a quick aside. Uh, there's a story that was just published at the athletic um, that says following a game between the Pacers and Grizzlies on January 29th in Memphis, acquaintances of Grizzly star John Morant aggressively confronted members of the Pacers traveling party near the team's bus in the loading area of FedEx forum. And later someone in a slow moving SUV, which Morant was riding in trained a laser on them. I don't know what's happening today, but that's just a story to monitor. Um, Sunday, can you leave us alone, NBA, for a day? Like, what is... And also, is- I had mentioned this, too. I don't know if you understood, like, even half the words in the Steph Curry injury update, but it sounds bad. Well, all I heard was their seasons cooked. Like, well, that's, speaking that's of seasons being cooked, and so the two things that are interesting is that if Kevin Durant did request a trade, I would normally default to it's too late for all this to come together, but they kind of have a baseline because of his offseason trade demand, so maybe it could... But yeah. my larger question is, one, this is proof, and I did say this. We've talked about this, and I think you and I agreed. Don't let anyone tell you the NBA trade deadline is ever going to suck. Every year, it's brace yourself, not going to be a lot of action, and every year, it's nuclear. However, now, there are teams like the Suns, the Pelicans, maybe even, this is Galaxy branding this shit at this point, but the Raptors, who everyone fancies a seller, but they were also in on Kevin Durant over the summer, are these teams kind of like now, 
well, fuck, we can't make any major moves. Like we got to wait and see how this KD situation plays out into the off season. Yeah. Well that, so all of those teams that were in on KD or had offers or whatever months ago, you know, you just pick the phone back up and say, Hey, uh, <laughs> Chase, Chase, I'm laughing at that comment from Chase. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just derailed my Kevin Durant thought. Sorry, I didn't even, I'm not even reading, I'm just throwing them up on the screen and then reading. Okay, okay, no, so yeah, every, every Kevin Durant, you know, trade discussion can just be rekindled with another phone call and say, like, hey, where are we on this? You know, is the just let's treat this like it's October again or whenever September. And, and maybe that's Toronto now, and maybe that's the Suns. And, and like, the thing is just as was the case, then everybody's going to be on hold until Durant does or doesn't move. Right. Like until, so I, this could be another situation where the rest of the trade deadline could suck because everything's going to get just, you know, kicked down the road or, just not happen at all because the Durant thing is holding everything up. Cause I don't think, I think that's clearly, he's the first domino again now. Right. Ky I guess Kyrie was, but like now Durant is the domino everyone needs to see fall in order right. for other stuff to happen. Um, but yeah, I just, I guess Phoenix still makes the most sense. Right. Like I it just based on how aggressive some of the stuff has been coming out in the last week or two about, you know, it's Van Fleet or the, even they were in on Kyrie potentially like, I, that I just, was first of all, that was like the biggest load of bullshit. So the new owner is Jewish, which I think would matter. And just mm -hmm. like they have to, they would have had to give up like real assets to get him. And even the Mavericks, I guess they did give up real assets to get him. But it was yeah, like, it, it was just, it was just that was never going to happen. I, yeah. I found that interesting. But it was like, uh, did you, was there a typo in the message? And they meant KD and it autocorrected to Kai or something? I don't know. Oh, I just don't know what to do with all this. I, I, I wonder. Have you seen the tweet? Not that this is a, not that this is like a good way to ever learn about anything, but is there anyone out there that's saying like, oh, the Mavs look out, you know, is, is anyone saying is over the moon about this? Is anyone endorsing this is like, I just, I would love to hear the, uh, the sincere, like optimistic vibe. I on, on Kyrie's a Dallas Maverick. Now we feel great about this. So I do think I've seen like some subset of Mavs Twitter is like, pretty happy about it but yeah. i like i because i get the highest end outcomes but i've also seen a mavs fan i follow i think that where they were retweeted into my feed uh tweeted out that Kyrie has played in fewer games since 2019 and christos porzingis and so it's like there has to be like a level of what the hell are we doing here and i it's tough because if you're a fan of the mavericks there was the push and pull of you want them to do something but they also didn't address like what their most glaring need was because I guess like, do we have proof now that, you know, you, you don't go you, your highest end second shot creator is now like, he's better. Like Kyrie Irving is better than Spencer right. Dinwiddie. But, like you still don't have the third guy. And so like, you didn't get any deeper in that regard. So how much fresher is Luca? And also I think you've put Luca in a position and this is something I mentioned where, while I think it's going to work, he's the one who has to make the bigger adjustment. I would guess just because like Kyrie's sort of been here, done this. And it's also just like, any time he gets displaced from the ball is going to be um, uh, is going to be like more of a, like an adaptation for him. And yeah, I would agree with Brandon. Like I, I don't feel bad for KD. Like I said, he kind of signed up for all this, but yeah. at some point, like how many times is Kyrie going to like do, do this to KD? So I like, I think it's a, 
there has to be a level of relief from KD there. But for the Mavericks specifically, I don't think that anyone's super excited about it. And it feels like very much a short term. I was quoting New Girl before, where it's like this entire middle part, this entire middle part might be awesome, but it's not going to end well. And I don't know what the middle part level of awesome is for them either. And I said, I just like, you know, the someone where is that in the chat? I saw um, that's from Brendan, the Mavs, da da da. But like, oh, getting I feel as a Bucks fan, this is the one I want to see. I get I can relate being disappointed to kids team D in the second year. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, they overachieved last season and it wasn't flying this year. And now you've on paper at least you've gotten worse. And yeah. I know we have someone in here who won was yeah. I don't know like an a, a non-anias thought I was crazy for saying LeBron's the greatest player of all time. I like guess one of two options. That's not crazy. And Christian Wood has actually been better this year defensively. He's not the be- the the best defender on the map. So I'm sorry to say, but. Uh, like Christian Wood could be the third guy, I think, from Jason. Yeah, this isn't, I don't, that, so that's, I might be selling them out shot creation level short because Christian Wood was there beforehand too. So I get that. Offense um, will be fine. Their offense is fine. I mean, in theory, it, like, is, if, you know, they have the talent that there's no, there's no like deficit of talent offensively. I, the, the, as you're talking, the, this thing sort of, it sort of crystallized for me. Like, this is not a move Dallas made. I, I would assume the focus being on this year, like the stretch run and this playoff run, because like we've said, the, the defense just won't be good enough. They they traded their best defensive player. They've doubled down on offense. There's no reason to believe the defense is going to suddenly, you know, spike or reform or however you want to phrase it. So that means then this is part of, this is a long-term plan and Kyrie Irving and long-term plans are like just antithetical to each other. So that that to me, as I think more about it, is where the real risk is, because this isn't a trade that gets them where they need to be for this season. It, it's theoretically one that gets them the second star that everyone and their mother has been saying they got to get this guy. They got to get this guy. They sort of did get the guy, but it's just the wrong guy. And now this is like a multiple year plan. You know, even if you're just saying this is for next year, which I don't know how realistic that is. You know, what is the multiple year plan here? Like, what is the what is the, uh, this is, it. Uh, I want to get to this, bro. Y'all need to watch the Mavs actual schemes. Giannis has the ball more often. So ye underscore famous. I would just like to say with all due respect that you're very, very incredibly astoundingly wrong. Um, Luka Doncic, 6.4 average seconds per touch this year. Giannis, four seconds average per touch. So maybe you need to watch the Bucks schemes would be my advice to you. Yeah. Um, what is the multi-year plan here? Because like how, I guess you can still trade 25 and 27 first. But like with who that right. and Tim Hardaway Jr. get you what? Right. Or if you trade need- that, does that and Christian Wood right now get you OG Ananobi? Maybe because the Raptors have to look at that and say, you guys are so fucked. Like, <laughs> like you guys are, but no, I don't think that would get you OG Ananobi. And so I don't, uh, so I guess Jason might be a Mass fan. Yeah. I'm not a fan of the move at all. If you're not a Mass fan, then you're just, you're on par with us. But yeah, I, I don't, what is the, like you're talking about like maybe this is a multiple what is the multiple year plan you, well the multi year plan is we need a couple more guys and we just can't get them right now and and, and like what you're saying is well how how what are you going to what are you giving <laughs> up to get these guys you you just gave up a distant first you gave up probably i don't know Dinwiddie what is a reasonable value but Dorian Finney Smith is probably you know dollar for dollar short of Luca like your best value contract on the roster and and now you like where are the assets coming from to go get an Ananobi type or a rim defending center that you've got to fill out around these two guys? I just don't know. I don't know, man. This all ends with a multi year extension for Dwight Powell, as all things <laughs> <laughs> The one constant is Dwight Powell will always be with the Mavs 
not be the starter for a little while, and then they'll realize, oh man, we have to go back to him again. He's then that that's what'll happen until 2050. This is we had, we kind of talked about this, um, and yeah, Israel's right. Uh, DFS was an underrated defender. I'd say he kind of slipped off this year, but he was also probably shouldering a lot with the Mavs defense. Um, he also they also said Kai can walk in the summer, and so what's more likely? Kyrie Irving is still on the Mavericks. Would you be willing to bet that Kyrie Irving is still on the Mavericks next season, or Kevin Durant is still on the Nets? What would be the bet that you would make? Ooh, I gotta believe it's Kyrie on the Mavs. Just because if Dallas did this <laughs> and then he got away, like they have to, as as much as an uh, like an I promise from Kyrie ever counts for, they have to have gotten like you're gonna. We'll do the two years, right? At minimum, like we got it. There has to be something in place because to have given all this up. And if that happens, if Kyrie's not on the Mavs next season, Luca's trade demand is coming like in, in immediately because he has to look at this and be like, guys, what are we doing? Right. Uh, yeah. I, I'm just like, he did. So I know you saw uh, that he did sign off on this, I guess, per Mark sign, which does that shield them against, anything my my gut would say no it doesn't long term if something goes like it doesn't no it doesn't shield you against the Luka Doncic trade request no no I don't think so and, and like as far as Durant goes Kyrie will want this is from M. Matt Kyrie will want no part of Dallas he wants to be on the Clippers or Lakers that's the loom that's the looming specter right it's, it's like he could just leave and sign with the Lakers I, I mean I just this is so terrifying if you're the Mavs like this get <laughs> this is one of those like gets everybody fired things potentially which is, and it's not like, you know, they're early enough into this regime where it's, that's a heck of a time. I, I get you have Lucas. There's an urgency. I just, I tweeted this this morning. I don't know. It's beyond me why any team would tether any part of their competitive livelihood, however short or long term, to Kyrie at this point, just because of all the evidence we have that that shit is going to, to go wrong. And I did see people point out uh, that the Mavs will have close to max cap space if Kyrie does walk. Okay, awesome. What is that? Like, is that getting you Fred Van Fleet? I would, like, that, you know, that's fine. But did you really just trade a 2029 first and Dorian Finney-Smith and Spencer Dinwiddie to get two starters? Yeah. So two starters in that distant first round pick or to get Chris Middleton, like on the back end of his career. I, uh, I don't know. I, I think I, I really, I, we've been so nice, so anti-Mavs on this. I just, I'm trying to understand because this is one of those deals where it's just like, it does kind of boggle the mind. Maybe it was more than sign off from Luca. Like maybe, and and yeah, Jason, like there was all this stuff about when Finney Smith came up as a tradable piece. The first thing everybody says, no, Luca loves that guy. Like they, they would, it would be a huge issue if they traded him. Um, trying to frame this in a positive way from, from the Mavs. Maybe it was more than Luca's okay with it. Maybe Luca said, you guys got to do something big immediately. Like maybe there were behind, I'm just trying, this is, you know, total speculation, but like a push like that from a player who basically controls the franchise could be the simplest, like the Occam's razor justification for like how this happens, because then like, yeah, okay, whatever you say, sir, like, we're good. We'll do, we'll do what you want. Cause you know, there's already been whispers of how happy Luca is or will be. And so if there's, if there's more discontent behind the scenes and he said, maybe it wasn't go get Kyrie, but maybe it was like, get me an all NBA, like, get me the guy. And like, that's how this happened. But I just, I I don't know. I I like to give players more credit, but Kyrie has fooled a lot of people. You know, it's, it seems like 
you know, it, it, guys like Durant and others are fine with the idea of Kyrie. And then the reality, like ask James Harden, is like not so great. So I, I just, I don't know. That's the best framing I can put on it for Dallas. I'm just, I'm trying to figure out, I'm still trying to wrap my head around like, how did they get the 2029 first round pick? Was it, and I would be curious, like, was this Brooklyn insisting on, we want to pick that's unprotected that postdates Luca's contract? Or did the Mavs just prefer to have more imminent first rounders to trade in additional deals? Because you very rarely see a team scale out their first round picks that far when they have all these, technically these other ones, because that Knicks pick will convey this year mm-hmm. when you have all the, like, I, I can't remember when the last time I saw anything like that was, where it was like, you have all these picks that you can trade more imminently, but you're going as far out as humanly possible. And it was like, was that just the trounce card to where if there were other offers on the table, like getting the distance, I'm just, I'm very curious, like who wanted the 2029 first round, because it's just very, it's odd. The structure of this is very just odd. Well, so if you're Brooklyn, you want that 29 more than you want the near term ones, right? Yeah, for sure. So, so I'm wondering like what other offers might've been out there where Brooklyn was able, I, I was able to say you got, it's gotta be the 29 or we're going, we're going to do the Lakers deal or we're going to do the whatever deal. Like, is that, is that what you're saying? Like to me that that has to be it because otherwise Dallas, I wouldn't think, I would think Dallas would rather give up the near term ones. Yeah, I think I'm with you. I'm just, it's so odd. And, and they just, they acquiesced. I want to know then what was the offer they needed to be? Like who right. was giving up more than, or even comparable to two starters and a pick that won't convey for seven drafts? Well, what if, it, what if it was just to beat Westbrook and two, then the Lakers first? Or, you know, make, like. Because this deal does both. It gives you future assets and then like makes you be able to compete with KD. Yeah, I mean, that's a really good point. Um, I don't know. This was a good question from Philip. I meant to get to it before. What's the last team that traded wing defense and draft capital for an offense only point guard and felt good about it a few years later, let alone a guy as unreliable as Kyrie? I guess Boston didn't give up any wing defense when they first traded for Kyrie, right? So that was yeah. Like you have Jay Crowder and Isaiah Thomas plus draft equity. They probably felt okay afterwards, though. I don't know. We got to go back through the Rolodex and find like what Stefan Marbury got traded for <laughs> back in the day or something like that. I don't know. It, oh man. I Yeah. I don't know what to make from this. A good answer. Um, I did. Since we didn't really like touch, do you think that this is going to wind up impacting the current trade market at all because of um, what I mentioned before about like Kevin Durant, like that specter looming over there? Could you see teams like I was specifically looking at Miami not so much Toronto, but maybe to, like if Toronto was undecided, like, well, no, we're going to be in on KD. We're not selling shit now. That's going to be problematic right. for a lot of other teams. Um, New Orleans, Phoenix specifically would probably be the biggest one. I kind of feel like it's going to have an impact where we'll see s- some of those teams like Phoenix kind of still just needs to make a move, but it's, it's almost like, Oh, uh, we're not going to see them move any like major draft equity now insofar as they were ever going to, because you have to kind of see how this Kevin Durant thing plays out. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what other pieces it might it very clearly like shakes loose the Durant piece, right? Where where he wasn't really being discussed as part of the trade de- deadline at all in any kind of serious way. So other than Durant, it's not like it doesn't affect Ananobi. It doesn't affect John Collins so much. I, I I don't think there's any other like, oh, now that this piece is moved, these other series of, of options are unlocked. I think this is just Durant and whatever else the Nets decide to do. Um, 
This is from Untamed Music. If you're Portland, would you trade Simon, Simons, Grant, and and Wofford for KD? Uh, yes, I would. <laughs> uh, how do you do? You get KD without giving up Shaden Sharp? I mean, not if I'm the Blaze. Uh, not if I'm. I just the Nets just got a 2029 first round pick unprotected for someone who is just like a part time basketball player at this who, point. Who, by the way, probably wasn't going to play another game this year, right? For for Brooklyn, Brooklyn. Took, it's basically a zero. Like Kyrie was not going to help the rest of this year at all, and then he was going to go away, and they got all this. What's more impressive, the Nets turning Kyrie into this or the Sixers turning Ben Simmons into James Harden? Probably the mm. Sixers still, right? Yeah, that's pretty good because that was another situation where you were just like you had a zero and you turned it into a something, you know? Um, I don't, man, I, can sh- I, do we have anything else on this? I don't know what else to wrap my, I think that's like kind of everything from this. That's all I got. Any- I, I just, uh, I'm glad that I could speak to another human to, to make sure that Doncic will demand a trade in 2024. Not unrealistic. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't have anything else to say except I don't know several more times. Cause this is, this is a wild one. Yeah. I will say, I think that, do you think the really the, to wrap up here, do you think the Mavs are worse immediately or did they get better in the immediate like forget about the we seem most concerned about how this is just going to end poorly based off Kyrie's track record do you think they're a better team than they were before this trade because we can I think it's different you can make the case that Brooklyn's a little bit more balanced and you have KD so maybe they could technically be better but for the Mavs like yes you did clearly acquire the best player in this deal but are do you think that they're right now a better team than they were two hours ago I'm not sure. I, and and the fact that I don't think I don't want to shit all Kyrie's a great offensive player, like just full stop. He's great. Um, I could see the offense just being unstoppable now, but then like, I, I don't think they're, I'll put it this way. I don't think they're improved enough for it to like, to be all that meaningful because they're just going to give it all back on the other end now, you know? Well, this was great. Uh, for anyone who's around here for the first time, please consider hitting that sub button on YouTube or subscribing to the podcast. Uh, Apple, Spotify, Hardwood Knox, search it wherever you get your podcast. Thank you all for joining us. I think this is the most we've ever had. Uh, we've stayed up 200 plus people for quite some time. So thanks, everyone. We will also be on the BR live stream app on Tuesday at 2 p.m. Yep. And then after the deadline, Thursday at 5 p.m. Um, Eastern time. And then very quickly, Jason, the Mavericks are rated... 23rd in defense not 12th in points lab per possession so uh i'm very concerned about what their defense is going to look like to be honest <laughs> with you um but until next time and as always we need to shout out to the one the only the still untouchable in dallas their best defender oh that's frank, we didn't even talk <laughs> frank nilakina <laughs>